Thank you for listening to the Servants of Christ Jesus podcast. Today's homily from Father Paul Koska comes from the second Sunday of Ordinary Time. To support the Servants of Christ Jesus, please visit scjesus.org. Today's uh, readings are a great blessing. Uh, Today's readings, especially from the Gospel of John, are a particular gift to us. John the Baptist today uh, points out Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold Him who takes away the sins of the world. And just that one line, that one, maybe two lines, whatever it is, um, those few lines are filled with so much meaning, so much purpose, uh, so much that we can encounter and catch for ourselves. Even the first word, behold, behold in the Greek is ide or idu, and the idea with it is he's calling people to attention, to, to notice what they're seeing in front of them. Because the reality is we can see and not comprehend. We can see something happening and not really be paying attention. And so John the Baptist is, is saying behold, but with like four exclamation points. Um, it's like getting a text from somebody that really likes exclamation points. That's what John the Baptist is doing today. Brother Thomas is like that. No, I'm kidding. Um, Brother Thomas doesn't text. Well, he does, but really slowly. Um, So behold the Lamb of God. So John says, behold, and he's trying to get us to see. He's trying to get the people in his own time, first and foremost, to see Jesus, to understand who Jesus is. And then he goes on next to say, behold, he says, behold the Lamb of God. So just the word Lamb of God is hugely significant. Why? Because the Lamb, first and foremost, had to do with the Passover. So on the night where the people of Israel were freed from the slavery to the Egyptians, God commanded that the Israelites sacrifice a lamb And then that would protect them from the angel that was coming uh, to judge the land. And so when the angel saw the blood of the lamb on the doors of the Israelites, he passed by them and then executed judgment on the rest of the land of Egypt. And then the people of Israel left the land of Egypt and went into the land of Israel eventually after a 40-year Uh, interval because they're unfaithfulness but nonetheless they eventually go to the promised land and it's through the blood of the lamb the lamb of god and then also lamb lambs are sacrificed in the temple and so you have uh, in the temple worship lambs and other animals will be sacrificed and the idea with that right is that the people's sins were being placed upon the animal and their, their blood was being shed, right, to forgive, to cleanse the people of their sins. And the idea, right, is that we deserved, we deserve to be punished, we deserve death. Uh, but in the Old Covenant, these animals were the sacrificial victim, in a sense, uh, for the people of Israel. But then Jesus comes on the scene, and John points Jesus out, not as a lamb of God, because there was many lambs that were going to the temple. 
Jesus is not a Lamb of God. John says that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I misspoke when I read the Gospel initially. I said the sins of the world. But in the, in the actual text it says the sin of the world. Because Jesus is not just taking upon some sins, like each little lamb that was sacrificed would take upon some of the people's sins. But Jesus is taking the sins of the whole world upon himself. Jesus is taking away our sins and offering himself. See, the difference between the lambs in the temple and the lambs at the Passover is those lambs did not have a choice about whether they were going to be slain. Those lambs did not voluntarily offer themselves And yet Jesus is the true Lamb of God because He voluntarily offers Himself on the altar of the cross for us, for me and for you, so that we can be free. And He takes away all of our sins. Right? We make a distinction in the church between venial sin and mortal sin. But at the end of the day, right, Jesus takes away it all. All of our sin. All of our shame. And He takes it upon Himself and He frees us. Because that's the, the, the other beautiful thing about Jesus taking away the sin of the world is that He takes away the sin of the world, but He takes away all the effects of the sin of the world as well. Because when we sin, we experience death in ourselves. And sin itself destroys us. It's not just that the church has a teaching or God has a teaching and we break this command, external commandment and therefore because we break some external commandment that exterior to us that we feel guilty. No, the reality is is that the teaching of the church, the commandments of God are telling us how to live a flourishing life. The teaching of the church is telling us how to live the best life possible. And when we break the commandments, we're breaking ourselves. And so that's why when we sin, we experience pain. That's why when we sin, we experience brokenness. That's why when we sin, we experience shame. But God doesn't want us to experience that pain, that shame, forever. It's a useful thing to wake us up sometimes to the reality of what's going on. But God does not will that for us, for us to remain in it. Rather, He desires for us to be free and then to walk in His freedom. He desires us to experience freedom from shame, freedom from the effects of our sin. And so He forgives us. But the forgiveness is not just an external proclamation that has, is just a word that is spoken that has no effect. Because God's Word is effective. God's Word changes from the inside out. He transforms us by the power of His forgiveness. And then we're called to live the new life in Him. And that's ultimately what uh, St. Paul is talking about in the second reading. He says, Paul, an apostle called by God, called to be holy. And so we, as disciples of Jesus and trying to follow in the teaching of St. Paul, are called to be holy. And holiness is not acting really serious all the time. Right? Holiness is not just walking with your hands, you know, even though it's not bad to do this, okay? I 
I do this when we, I celebrate the liturgy, right? But the idea with holiness is not just that you walk around like with a Jesus t-shirt all the time and you have to be really serious and when, you know, people are doing strange things that you get, you criticize them publicly, right? But holiness is ultimately about following Jesus. It's about living the life that the Lord calls you to live. It's about living the fullness of the plan that the Lord has for you. That's what holiness is. And holiness is particular to the situation and circumstances in which you find yourself right now. The fact is, right now, I think all of you are students. Uh, Yes? Yeah? So you're called to be holy in the context of being a student. You're not graduated yet, though you're close. Especially James Joseph, you're very close. But, uh, But you're not graduated yet. You're called to be holy in the circumstances in which you find yourself. And the Lord wants you to be holy in the midst of that. And then your holiness is not just your own personal thing. Like it's, it's not just like your own personal bank account, right? Or like when you play a video game and you have like, you know, that energy. And then when you get hit or whatever, you lose. Uh, or in like Super Mario, when you, you get small, right? When you start to die. Uh, but the reality is, is that holiness is something that radiates out from you to others. That's why the first reading says, it's too little for you to just be my servant, just to be someone who's following me. But rather, it's, it's, that's part of it, right? Part of our life is being servants of the Lord, right? And, we're, and my community is called the Servants of Christ Jesus. So hopefully that's an okay thing, right, to be called. But it's not just about serving. It's not just about serving the Lord. But what does the Isaiah prophesy today? He says, I will make you a light to the nations to carry my salvation, not just down the street, but to the ends of the earth. And so we, our holiness is called to radiate out to everyone around us. Our holiness should radiate to our roommates. Our holiness should radiate down the hallway in the dorm that we live in. Because the Lord has made you a light. The Lord has made you the light of the world because He, the true light, has taken away your sins so that you can live a new life in Him. And then we as disciples are supposed to help one another. We as disciples are supposed to help one another in trying to follow the Lord. Because we can't do it on our own. We can't be disciples of Jesus on our own. There wasn't one apostle. Jesus didn't call St. Peter and nobody else. Jesus doesn't call us in isolation, but he calls us to holiness and communion. The church is a communion of saints. And we're called to be a communion of saints even now. Even though it's not the fullness, and even though we're imperfect, and even though we annoy each other at times. I know I annoy Brother Thomas at times, I'm sure. But yet, we are called to be the communion of saints, to proclaim not ourselves, but Jesus Christ, just as John the Baptist does. And so we're invited today as we come to, the, to Jesus in the Eucharist to entrust ourselves to him, to realize again anew, afresh today, that Jesus is the Lamb of God, that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the one who can set us free. And then we're invited, we're called by name to walk in holiness of life and to radiate the light of Jesus to everyone that we meet.